You can join by phone as well and just dial. You can enter the webinar ID that's on the agenda. If you want to comment while you're on the phone during the public comment period, press star nine and you can wait to be recognized by the chair. Please be mindful the teleconference is recorded and all other rules or procedure apply for all ZAB meetings conducted by teleconference or video conference. This meeting is conducted in accordance with the Brown Act. Any member of the public may attend this meeting and the chair may limit the number of speakers, the length of time allowed to each speaker. If you want, if you're here in person, I see someone already has. If you're here in person, please submit a speaker card to planning staff as early as possible in the meeting. With that, I'll start with preliminary matters. We'll do the roll call and we'll get into public, we'll get into public comment and, and the agenda as well. First, let's start with uh, roll call. When I call your name, please state if you're here and report any ex parte communication. Commissioner Trigu. Present, no ex parte. Chairperson Duffy. Present, no ex parte. Vice Chairperson Gaffney. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Thompson. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Lunapara. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner O'Keefe. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Khan. Present, and I will be recusing myself from action calendar item number 42996 Telegraph Avenue as I live within a few blocks of the address. Thank you. Commissioner Young. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Sanderson. Present, no ex parte. Thank you. All right. We've got everybody. We will now have public comment on non-agenda matters. So if anybody from the public in person or on the web wishes to speak, you can speak on anything that's not on the agenda. We'll later get to, we'll later get to the agenda when you can speak um, for anything on the agenda. Is there anybody here? I don't have any green cards for that and I don't see any hands raised online. Okay. So next we'll move to the consent calendar. The consent calendar allows the board to take action without discussion on agenda items for which there are no persons present who wish to speak and no board members who wish to discuss. So the consent calendar this evening has three items on it. One, the approval of action minutes from September 14th with the recommendation of approve. Item number two is 2424 Jefferson Avenue. Recommendation to approve. And 1798 Scenic Avenue. Recommendation to approve. If there's anybody that wishes to speak on consent on the approval or no actually i'll entertain a motion and then anyone can speak about that motion to approve the consent calendar so i'll actually just make the motion to approve the consent calendar board member chegu i'll second if the maker of the motion is friendly to a change to the spelling of my last name in the september 14th action minutes oh no <laughs> How did that happen? And yes, amenable to, to that. So there's a motion and a second to approve the consent calendar to correct the spelling of board member Igor Dragub's name in the meeting minutes. Is that correct? 
Yes. As well as items. Hmm? Oh, thank you. It's items three and four. Okay. It's anywhere where there was a motion. Yeah. Now we move to uh, discussion and public comment. So if anybody from the public wishes to make a comment um, about the motion to approve the consent calendar, you can speak now. I don't have any uh, any green cards for in person, but if anybody online wants to speak about either of these items on the uh, consent calendar, uh, you can raise your hand as well. Board, board member Shoshana O'Keefe. Just real quick, I just want to say as a Berkwood Hedge alumna, I am very ha always happy to play a very small role in supporting the school. Thank you. Any other, so no public comments, any other comments from the board? Seeing none, then let's take a vote. Thank you. First, staff apologizes for the misspelling of Commissioner Trigu's <laughs> name in the minutes. When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu. Aye, and it's cool. <laughs> Chairperson Duffy. Aye. Vice Chairperson Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara. Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe. Yes. Commissioner Khan. Yes. Commissioner Young. Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Thank you. Okay. The motion passes. We now move to the action calendar. We've got one one item on the action calendar, 2996 Telegraph Avenue. It's a new public hearing. We'll begin. Thank you, board member. I'm going to just clarify what just got approved on the calendar. Thank you, board member Sanderson. 2424 Jefferson Avenue, you have your use permit pending no appeal. There's <clears throat> a notice of decision that, that will be mailed, and then there are two weeks at which it could be appealed. 1798 Scenic Avenue, two weeks after your notice of decision, you'll have your use permit if the project is not appealed within that two weeks. Okay, back to the action calendar. Item number four, 2996 Telegraph Avenue, R1 item. We have first a presentation from staff. Is it possible to turn the lights down for just in front of, sorry, I just have a question, a technical question in house, in front of the screen? screen? Oh, they're looking up there too, so that they can see up. All right, thank you for, for that, wonderful. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay, good. Okay, great. And you can see it up there. Great. Okay. So we've got a presentation from staff and uh, go for it. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, 
trying to just get my screens right. Okay. Can you see my screen? Yes, we can. All right. Hello. Um, my name is Nilu Kaimdaregan, and I am the staff owner for the project before you at 2996 Telegraph Avenue. It's a use permit number ZP 2020-0055 to construct a 1,704 square foot self-service car wash, 14 feet in height, at an existing 36,812 square foot lot that includes a gas station, quick food service, and a convenience store. The scope also includes a new 165 foot long wall at the west and the north property lines, two new electric vehicle charging stations, new landscaping, and new parking, parking stall striping. Zoning permits requires are one use permit to construct the car wash and a second one to reduce the front setback. CEQA recommendation to ZAV is to adopt the initial study and the proposed negative declaration. And this determination is made by ZAV. Um, the project site is uh, approximately 0.8 acres, about 37, thousand square feet and is um, currently developed with a Chevron gas station that includes 12 gas pumps, a 2,475 square foot convenience store, um, one 1,950 square foot um, food service, fast food, and 29 um, surface parking spaces. Site access is provided through two existing driveways on Ashby and Telegraph Avenue. The applicant is proposing to construct a 1,704 square foot self-service single bay rollover automated vehicle wash um, that includes a 744 square foot enclosed um, exit tunnel. Um, the proposed project is would be located on the northwest corner of the project site. Um, the project also includes um, installation of two um, electric charging stalls and, as I said before, restriping of the parking lot to reduce parking from 29 spaces to 17. So 12 would be eliminated. And Landscaping would be modified and added to the site. Um, three uh, trees are proposed to be replaced and a six foot tall wall would be constructed along the west and northern property lines um, surrounding the, the car wash. Um, the car wash would, um, uh, will include a reclaimed system to recycle um, rinse water from the the wash operations and the hours of operations are from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, staff has received communication um, in objection to the projects from the neighbor at 2309 Ashby Avenue and 2315 Ashby Avenue back in 2020 when the project was um, submitted first and um, the same neighbor at 2315 Ashby Avenue uh, emailed in February of this year, 2023. 
Um, in terms of uh, environmental review, um, CURSEQA, an initial study was prepared to evaluate the potential environmental effects associated with the construction and operation of the project and determined that the all impacts would be less than significant or less than significant with the city's standard conditions of approval. Um, the city provided a notice of intent to adopt a negative declaration for the project um, to the public and the review period was between February 8, 2023 and March 10, 2023. Um, comments uh, were uh, received during the public review um, and um, the nature of comments were, um, so, uh, I'm gonna go over the comments we received. Um, the first one was from the East Bay Municipal Utility District and um, described uh, district requirements for service and water conservation. And the neighbor at 2309 Ashby Avenue um, uh, sent a letter um, during that review period, but the nature of the, it was uh, an objection to the car wash itself. Um, we also received an email from uh, Karina Gold, tribal chair of the Confederated Villages of Dijon Nation in February of this year, um, requesting whether the city had conducted a sacred land file search and received an email from Canyon Consulting LLC representing the Indian Canyon Band of Costanoan Ohlone people in February of this year that recommended monitoring and cultural sensitivity training. And staff responded to these correspondence um, explaining that the site has been previously approved and other development has occurred around the project and discoveries are not expected around the project site. Um, also in case of preparation and grading activity, resulting in potentially significant impact to Native American cultural resources, condition of approval 59 for archeological resources and number 60 for human remains are implemented. I have provided a detailed issues and analysis in the staff report, which include general non-detriment finding, findings for use permit in the CC district, um, setback modification in commercial districts and general plan consistency. And because the project is consistent with the zoning ordinance and the general plan and minimal impact on surrounding properties, staff recommends that the Zoning Adjustment Board approve this use permit subject to findings and conditions of this permit. Thank you. And let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Board Member Tregu. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Nilo. A quick one for you. You said uh, there was a reference to conditions 59 and 60. Um, did you mean mean conditions 32 and 33 in the... That's uh, correct. The 59 and 60 are conditions that are uh, referenced or noted in the initial study. So... Um, I noticed that difference, but the um, findings and conditions um, for the city, the numbering is different than initial study. Got it. Um, thanks. I just wanted to check. So it's uh, the conditions are the same between those two, right? 
they're the same condition. It's just uh, in the initial study document and um, the findings uh, that was finalized for this project, the numbers change because we have like a template yep. that we gave during um, to the consultant during the preparation of initial study. And at the time, it's a template. So those numbers were from the template. But when we finalized uh, the findings document, the number changed. Understood. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Any other questions from the board to staff? Go ahead, board member Thompson. I just had um, a, a question for clarification on the East Bay mud attachment mm -hmm. uh, on the on the wastewater service. It says that the and, and I just just if you could clarify what I'm reading. Um, that, that there's adequate dry weather capacity to accommodate the wastewater flows, but it says, however, wet weather flows are of are a concern. Is that? Claudia, can you clarify this while I'm looking at the comments? Sure. Um Commissioner Thompson, can yep. you tell me which of the bracketed comments yes. you're referring to? So that's on um, attachment six, uh, page five, uh, section three under wastewater service. Mm -hmm. um, that par the paragraph under, I guess it's about a, a third down wastewater service. And it says that the main wastewater treatment plan and interceptor system are anticipated to have adequate dry weather capacity to accommodate the, the proposed wastewater flows from this project and to treat such flows provided that the, you know, however, the next pair, the next sentence, however, wet weather flows, wet weather flows are a concern. Um, and there's a lot more to that that I don't really understand. <laughs> so it got a little bit technical and I guess the experts can say, yes, they can't handle it, but I do just, I just wanted to get a verbal, yes, it's fine and not overlook that piece. Oh, yes. Um, in the response prepared by urban planning partners, um, the idea of the response is that during wet weather flows and that that's when we have our rainy season, it's unlikely that people will be using the car wash because it's raining outside. And so it's likely that the demand for the car wash service would not be at the peak season. So it wouldn't interfere with the function of the treatment facility. Thank you. Any other questions from the board? No, seeing, oh, go ahead, board member Young. Yes, um, in the development of the initials, well, I guess this is a CEQA question like overall, but um, my understanding of the initial study is to understand whether or not um, any potential concerns might necessitate, you know, an EIR or a negative declaration. Um, but I guess, when considering impacts and whether or not they rise to those levels, do we look at, you know, the cumulative net impact or per capita um, per person? Because I guess my concern, frankly, is just that, you know, a car wash is like a lot of resources just for a single car, a single person. Um, so, yeah, I'd just like to understand that better. 
Sure, I can answer that, Nilu. Um, in this case, the initial study found that all of the conditions of approval by the city didn't necessitate additional mitigation measures. So this is an initial study negative declaration, so no mitigation required. In terms of cumulative impacts, those are evaluated in the mandatory findings of significance section of the document. And so those are evaluated based on the amount of development in the area and how much this uh, project would contribute to that cumulative impact. So not really per capita. I just wanted to add on there are, for each of the types of impacts, there are standards that define whether it's uh, it's uh, environmentally significant or not. So there is this very detailed list that's developed over years. Um, so those are the standards that you go by. Or there's a list of questions that you answer. Any other questions from the board? Okay, seeing none. Now we have an applicant. Well, the question is, do, do we have the applicant? The applicant is here. Welcome. We have an applicant presentation. Thank you, board members. Thank you for your time. Tony, is this on? Thank you for your time. Really appreciate every one of you being here tonight to listen to us. Staff, uh, thanks again for the presentation. Uh, very detailed and informative. My name is Casey Held. I'm a civil engineer with Barkhausen Consulting Engineers, here presenting on behalf of the owner and operator of the existing fuel station, Salky Petroleum, here to answer any questions, excuse me, any questions you might have, um, anything further technically we can answer. I also have uh, staff on the phone, more architecturally specific that can answer some questions in that regard. So happy to help you out with anything else you might need. Thank you. Are there any questions for the applicant? Board Member Sanderson. Uh, can you just clarify on the wastewater treatment part of this? As I read it, it is a series of baffles and filters. There's no chemicals that are added? There are no chemicals. Well, so there are chemicals in the actual process yes. of cleaning the car. Right. So then all of those go into a drain at the bottom of the, the car wash, and they're going to filter through two reclaim system tanks, mm -hmm. just like you mentioned, baffle systems. So they filter through, the solids will settle, and the oils will go to the top, and then it'll go through another baffle. Same thing, solids will settle, oil will go through the top, and then clean water will be recycled and suctioned back into the system, and that's about a 40% or so reclaim rate. It, explain the clean water going back into the system. Well, it's the water that, it's recycled clean okay. water. So water that has removed its, its solids, okay. and then the oil has removed as well. So basically you'll have a service or come in and open up those lids and take off all the oil on top oh, and section out all the solids on the bottom. Okay. And so there will be continuously used over time, but then the, the reclaim rate is about 40% or so going back to the system. So okay. car, the cars continuously are washed with this recycled water. So for every um, gallon or say 10 gallons of water used in washing the car, how much of that becomes discharge? To the actual public system? Mm -hmm. Can I look through my notes here? Sure. For you? Forgive me, I have uh, several papers. So. Take your time. <laughs> I heard 40% reclaim rate. So isn't it 60%? Sorry. I heard her say 40% reclaim rate. There's an, uh, an evaporation yeah. factor mm. and things like that. There's more of a technical review of this. So my notes here from the uh, provider of the equipment that's going to be mm -hmm. in the system, 
It's about seven gallons per vehicle uh, going to the system and about uh, 28 gallons are used uh, at the origin of the car coming in. Mm -hmm. So of those 28 gallons, seven actually go to the system. Okay, thank you. I have a I have a, just a question about environmental noise and if you could just speak to the the uh, the studies that have been done. Of course, yes. So we had a noise study done by Bollard Acoustical. You might uh, look at the site plan, and uh, one of my team members might put the site plan on the on the screen here if you can. Um, the the building itself, the structure, of the car wash is about half, a little over half of the actual building size. So in order to mitigate some of that sound coming from the exit of the car wash, we actually designed this auxiliary structure coming out towards the front setback of the property. And so when cars exit, they will still remain underneath a building structure, and then they will make a left turn and still remain under the structure as they exit the building. So that building structure itself provides some mitigation to the auditory sound that's coming from the dryer system at the exit. One thing noted in the sound study that we weren't able to mitigate, well, excuse me, with the building itself is the sound of the entrance. So what will happen by requirement from the sound study, the door, as soon as a car comes in, the door will close automatically, uh, controlled by uh, a motor, and then the dryer operation will begin and then cease, the car will exit, and the door will open. So that mitigates the sound of the entrance using that door. And then the auxiliary structure of the building mitigates the sound at the exit to be within the city's requirements. Thank you so much. Any other questions for the applicant? Board Member Thompson. On, on the initial study, there was a, it, it says the project also includes three vacuum stations. That's off now, right? That's absolutely correct. No okay. vacuum stations, electrical vehicle charging stations only. Thank you. Board Member O'Keefe. How loud are the doors? Excuse me, <laughs> give or take. Uh -huh. Just that that was the one thing that I flagged on that explanation. Like I can imagine a loud door that's designed to make the rest of it quieter. Well, can I phrase it in this way? There's a lot of technical language in the noise study. I, I didn't prepare it myself, to be honest with you. I, I can tell you that the professionals who did looked at the city code allowances for what can be done during daytime hours and said we are within the framework of those code. Board Member Chegu. Um, just wondering about the use case for EV chargers, who would they be uh, used by for um, the owner's specification? Um, are you asking about the type of charger that's going to be used? Uh, sure. Um, it, I would be curious, but it was more... Um, who will be able to use those chargers? Oh, absolutely. It is open to the public. So it's a public facility. There's not going to be anything that's held for a certain person or anything of that nature. Uh, current standards, building codes require that we provide an accessible stall uh, for uh, the EV charger. So a, a van accessible stall will be provided for the EV charger. The actual facility themselves, there's several different levels of charging that can be done. It actually has not been determined at this time exactly what the a developer is going to choose to procure, but it could be on the order of a, a fast charger, which is the highest power charger, or a, a battery level charger, which takes a little bit longer to recharge after each use, uh, but still just as effective for the public. Thank you. Seeing no other questions, thank you for answering. Thank you, guys. Okay, so 
Now we'll move to the public comment period. First, we'll begin with anyone in person who wishes to speak, and then we'll go to anybody online who wishes to speak. And uh, so we'll first start with the one green card that I have. Please feel free to, to come on up, Ron and Virginia, and welcome. Guys, thank you for having us in here. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you. Uh, I sent a letter uh, regarding this um, construction in February, and I brought another letter. And but we wanted to come and voice our concerns. Uh, this is going to be forty feet from my bedroom window. Um, on Sunday morning, I noticed they open at seven o'clock. We I we used to use the car wash down the street uh, on uh, Alcatraz. And I'm very familiar with how much noise is made in a car wash and what happens on Sunday mornings. Um, the, uh, it, the egress or ingress, egress, I guess, coming out of the parking lot, uh, coming out of this car lot, you're coming right out, taking a right turn and you'll be right in front of our house. And uh, if your wheels are slick, you'll probably be squealing your tires right in front of our house. Um, the, the 40 feet away from my bedroom window is, uh, to me, unacceptable. This is a very large lot. They run, a, they run a, a very nice gas station and some very nice restaurants, but they put this parking lot on the west side, uh, uh, right next to the homes. Uh, they could go on Telegraph Avenue, just put it on the other side of the, of the lot, or put it on Ashby. They have two other places to put it. But they have, but they want to put it right in, 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 in but right next to us. Now this noise and everything is going to be coming right through our backyard. We like to spend time in the backyard. Um, as I say, you know, we're, we're let me see, we're uh, just two people. We purchased our home in 1999, and we're living out our retirement in that home, and we just don't want to see that car wash there. Uh, we understand that the uh, uh, Chevron has a nice investment there and charging us six bucks for gas, but they can put the car wash on the other side of the property as far as we're concerned. That's basically all, all we have to say. Uh, well, I did notice too, I think the young lady said there's a six foot fence. Uh, that's, that doesn't seem hardly adequate to, uh, to protect for this car wash. I don't know how tall the car wash is. But that's probably 20 feet high by, by itself. Thank you for your comments. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Board Member Sanderson I just, has a I question I just have for one you. question. Actually, if that's okay. I'm just trying to make sure I knew where, which house you're in. Are you at 2315 Ashby? We're at 2309. We're okay. right next to it. Okay. Thank you. And our and our bedrooms are on on that side, right next to on the their east house. side of your property. Okay, yeah. we have already uh, replaced our window because you guys probably you never hear this, but if you guys you've been there, live there, you will understand the gas, the car, the music, everything's name it is up there, and we replace the window, and thanks God everything's kind of quiet. But if you're gonna put this more, what we're gonna do? Well, we I have one more question mm -hmm. based on your when you mentioned that when the car exits the car wash, it's it's going south and then it turns east. It's going west. Oh, pardon. When it, yes. The long the length of it is, is headed south and then they turn east so that 
the the exit door is facing east. It wouldn't turn east. Mm -hmm. It would it, it could turn right. east or west. Correct. It would turn west down Ashby. if they're on the same side of the street. If yeah, they cross okay. the street, then they would turn. No, I'm talking about coming out of the car wash, uh -huh. not not coming onto your property. I mean the so it goes the entrance to it is at the north end of their diagram. You go through the tunnel, which is completely enclosed, and then you make a turn. And so when the car comes out, they are facing away at, from your home. Yeah. So what was your comment about them turning right oh, I, and going I, by your home? I, I thought the car wash would would be um, exiting uh, south. So you're saying it's exiting. It turns. It comes. You go. You go through the car wash from the north to the south, and then you turn. So it comes out the south. You come out of the south end of this thing. No, you turn, so you go east. You don't come out of the south end. So the exit is pointed away from your property. I just wanted to make sure, because I didn't understand your comment about people turning right. If you come out of the car wash, you have to go to the exit of the gas station to get out to the street, right? The car wash doesn't empty out right into the yeah. street. Yes, I know. But what was your comment about if you come out to the exit that exits to Telegraph or to uh, uh, Ashby, you you have to turn either east or west. You have a choice. If right. you turn west, you're right in front of our house squealing your tires. That's, that's so why point. is that any different from anybody else who uses the gas station? I mean, that's where they don't come out that exit. Usually they come out closer to Telegraph. OK, this thank is what you. You're saying. If you put this car wash by telegraph, it's much better from our standpoint. I understand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Don't don't mean to get too animated. <laughs> All right, thank you. This is important. This is important stuff. Thank you. Thank you for coming in person. It's always appreciated. Always. Now we have more public comment. No, no one else in person, but we have one hand raised online. Lisa, welcome. Hi, can you hear me? We can, loud and clear. Hi, thank you. Um, so I live not too far from the couple who just spoke to you, but on Howe Street. So. My backyard is sort of at the corner. I'm at 2312 Howe Street. Um, so my backyard uh, has a corner that joins with the, the cor back corner, the sort of northwest corner, I guess. Um, and uh, I mostly have questions. I mean... I understand there are certain limits on sound and things, but since it's right where we sit in our yard and also our bedroom is on the back of our house, so we do hear noise from the the um, gas station anyway, I I'm just would really like to understand, I don't know what 34 decibels or X decibels that they're talking about means and <clears throat> if that's after accounting for trees and the wall or if that's counting the trees in the wall and that's sort of what we should expect is there anyone who can say what that is equivalent to it's the noise that i'm concerned about obviously 
In the initial study, there is on the, well, I have page four here. Would you like to point them? If, Great. If I can jump yeah. in. Um, well, first, the initial study does show the before. Um, so table two includes the uh, daytime noise levels in the project area. And table three shows the estimated noise levels to the nearest residents once the uh, three measures that are listed above, including the masonry wall um, and other uh, noise reduction measures. And so to the residents, it would be predicted noise 37 decibels. Um, in the staff report on page 13, we added a footnote um, that states noise levels are generally considered low when below 45 decibels. Um, and so the moderate range would be 45 to 60 and the high when it's gonna be detrimental to your hearing would be 60. And so in, in this case, um, the protected noise level will be below um, 45 dBA, which is considered low. Thank you. But does low mean like a um, lawnmower going all the time? Or, I mean, low can mean a lot of things. That's, mm -hmm. I, I'm looking for if anyone, so, I mean, I guess I can do some research, but I, I'm just trying to understand what does that really actually mean um, for okay. the people, you know, who live nearby. Neela, can we put the... You chart on the screen the, the chart tells them what happened what yes i will um and and lisa i i just would like to say normally during the public comment period um the public isn't asking questions of the board or of staff i know you're an adjacent neighbor and this is very important Thank you for sharing your concern. If this is the only question you have and this is also the only item on the agenda, I'm very comfortable just sharing this information um, with you with you now. Is there anything else that you'd like to say during public comment, Lisa? Uh, just that I hope that if this does get built, which it seems like it's going to, and there are problems in terms of noise or any changes that are made, that we will have clear uh, information about how we can um, bring that to somebody's attention and get it addressed quickly. Thank you. Okay. Does anybody wish to share? Oh, so is this up on the screen now? I think it, um, now we move to closing the public hearing and we discuss amongst the board, and if anyone on the board wishes to address that comment formally, that would be great. Board Member Tregu. Uh, just a process note, do we, I think we hear from the applicant if, That's right. in response to comment. Thank you, Board Member Tregu. I'm sorry, and I apologize that we skipped your response. So the applicant now has time to address any of the public comment. Uh, thank you. Thank you, board members. So one thing I just wanted to highlight is that it's actually not necessarily a new fence that's being installed along the west property. It is going to be a precast concrete wall, six feet tall. So we have taken considerations of our neighbors. Uh, the noise study does consider that in its reduction of noise. Uh, it's a it's going to be a, a very high uh, level wall in terms of its aesthetic. Um, it's a precast, so it'll actually have the look of a wood fence, but it's a concrete wall. So I just want to make that clarification and, and the client here, the developers putting money into ensuring his neighbors have a better experience than they think they might. 
So I just want to make that clarification. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so now we move to the public hearing is closed and we move to a discussion amongst the board. If anyone like to start, go for it. Board member Dragu. Um, I I think we probably have, yeah, um, actually. So Thank figure you. three that's up on the screen is the decibel scale um, in the report. Um, I did just kind of a quick Google. Um, 35 decibels is defined as very quiet room fan at low speeds at one meter distance. So, um, uh, but I also wanted to address the very legitimate concern about whom um, to reach out to if there are issues and maybe staff can just confirm, but I believe we, there is a standard condition of approval around having uh, a point of contact um, for any project that comes to us, but staff, can you please confirm that that's the case? Um, are you referring to the project liaison? Yes, or is that just um, for construction? For during construction, and so I I think uh, after the fact, if there are complaints, then um, people can call three one one to be connected to code enforcement. Um, um, both for land use and for building and um, safety. I I will like to also add that the uh, ZAB has conditioned other projects to assign uh, the to condition the applicant to assign a point of contact for any concerns. We have conditioned that before. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I. This is relatively cut and dry. Um, I myself am not necessarily a fan of um, supporting a car-based economy. Uh, never, I do appreciate the EV charging infrastructure. Um, and I also appreciate that um, this is before us and we are constrained in what we can do. I think as far as car washes go, um, it seems based on the representations that the applicant has done um, just about anything possible uh, to mitigate the noise. Uh, I live across the street, a small, uh, a relatively narrow street um, to a car wash at the enterprise parking lot. And, mm -hmm. um, it faces the window I use to work out of um, when I work remotely. Um, and that is open. I occasionally hear noise, but it, I kind of forget at a certain point that it's there. Um, this would be enclosed from what I understand. Um, and so, I feel comfortable approving it, uh, so I'll, I'll move uh, to approve with, but I would like to add the condition that the applicant um, notify the neighbors uh, around uh, liaison um, that they can contact uh, by phone if there are issues. Okay, there's a motion on the table. 
I just have a comment before we second that, that I've done a fair amount of work with water quality and noise, noise abatement. And um, we started doing car washes. I came from the Northeast because the rivers were burning. And so everyone had to filter all of their water and get all the pollutants out of the rivers by eight, by 1990, even before that. California has come to that later. But the reason we require all of this treatment around a car wash is that it saves water and it prevents pollution going into the bay. Otherwise, everyone's going to be squirting their hose. All the stuff's going to go down the, the gutter. So... I understand your concern about uh, an auto-based um, uh, industry, but it it was required by law to not let um, polluted uh, stormwater come when you wash your car. So there's there's a, there's a positive and a negative. So I fully support car washes because I know from having lived in Boston what happens to the rivers when you don't have a car wash. Uh, it's terrible. So um, I will second the motion. Board Member Thompson. Just want to ask about, I forgot to ask earlier about the trees, that whether the new trees were uh, native or not. I didn't hear Kelly Hammergren on today, so I have to channel her. And I see I see a couple on, on page three of 15 on the site plan. Um, are those are those types of trees um, on the property? Who are you directing your question to? Oh, I guess that's a, a question for staff. And you know what? I, I kind of don't, I probably shouldn't hold up them. There's a motion made. This, I probably just missed my chance. So you can, you can ask this question at this time. No. So I, I, I think it's a question for staff. Um, and page three of fifteen is: Are those tree types on on that diagram? And if they are, are they native trees or not? Um, I think that's something that was discussed during design review. I'm trying to look at the summary that was provided by design staff to see if that's. I'm guessing that Chinese pistache is not native, just based on the name. No knowledge of trees here. They're very common street trees, actually, but I don't know if they're native. All right. So I can't locate information. Maybe you have to go to the project plans in front of you. Yep. L1 shows the plan view, both of some landscape trees that are being removed and the new trees that are being planted. Um, you've noticed the trees along the west of the tropics you see there. So if you kind of look and compare that against L2, which is our tree campus, uh, you'll notice that the trees along the property, uh, the one closest to the right of the native tree, that's the Hollywood Cherry, and that one is also uh, referred to Florida and Florida as well. Um, and there are some others nearby that are adaptive that also attack birds. So that was something we worked with staff to uh, be on safe. So. Thank you. Board Member Trago. Really? 
I'm so sorry. I know we just closed the public hearing, but I have another question. Okay, let's let's okay. open it back up. Uh, we've we've got some time. And Michael, thank you. Excellent catch. Um, the just asking about natives um, and. <laughs> We had a whole presentation about native planting, uh, as <laughs> Cecilia knows, at our energy commission meeting last night. Um, there, there is uh, there's a list of seven recommendations that you also got from the design review committee. Could you just comment on the record uh, as to whether you intend to um, accept? all of those recommendations or some of those recommendations? Well, I'm happy to speak to them. We actually had our uh, DRC meeting back in February. So we've had some time to work with staff to implement those. Um, one of them, in fact, was the um, elevation of the wall. So originally it was a CMU block wall and we elected to go to that precast condition that's much more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, there was discussion about the light shielding on the westerly side of the property to respect the neighbors. So all of that has been done with a wall pack. There's a shield so it all faces downward and does not disperse light outward. Uh, another item that came up was bird safe windows. So everything, we have the meshing on the windows to ensure the birds aren't, you know, go in that direction. And I think uh, DRC also asked that we add two more window bays, and we did that. Great. Um, and this is maybe a comment for staff or someone on the DRC. Um, if and this, it's great to hear that they have accepted these recommendations. Um, do they become? Con is it a condition based on the plans as presented? Uh, yes, typically the process, um, DRC or LPC provides recommendations and it's under the ZAPS purview to make those uh, conditions. Great, thank you. Is your question satisfied, board member Chegu? It is. This is maybe the one time, thanks to the good work of the design review committee and the applicant, that I don't have to do the typical conditions or <laughs> recommendations that I can tend to come with my motions. <laughs> That's the goal. We're in lockstep. Okay. Any other comments? So we have a motion. Well, so I'm going to close the public comment. We have a motion on the table with a condition as well. And we have a, a more discussion. Board member Young. Hello. Um, in Appendix A, I just wanted to ask, there's a sentence on page nine that says, Table 9 results also include consideration of the noise attenuation that would be provided by car wash building construction at the nearest residential property to the west of the tunnel exit. Which, um, so I get, there's a downward adjustment of 15 dBs, and I just want to clarify, is that... Um, adjustment the result of the extended building or is that is that referring to mitigations for the activity of the construction of the building can you uh put me to the page that you're reviewing please page nine of appendix a yeah
I'm asking because um, that section of the appendix seems to kind of take the overall sound estimate of um, dBs at 10 feet and then, you know, apply, say, you know, at 90 degrees, the sound will dissipate by this much because of this mitigation, the sound will dissipate by this much, et cetera, until the threshold uh, becomes lower than the city limit. So I guess I'm just trying to understand those that math. Board member Sanderson has an answer to that question. So when you measure dB, um, you start at the source, a foot from the source, and then their, cal their calculations that they've used formulas for decades, where as you go further away from it, the sound dissipates. So it might be 40 dB at the source, but if you're one foot away, it would be a little lower if you're another foot away. And so what they're saying is they've estimated it to be 15 dBA at the um, west, west of the tunnel exit. So that's very low. So, and it's the construction material of the wall and of the, the tunnel that it goes through that stops the noise. Uh, so in the doors, so I can't think of anything else they could do except maybe putting absorbent sound material in the exit. But, you know, the, the building, you want to stop sound, you want to enclose it. And in cases where you can enclose it, they've done that. You can't always enclose like a fan. Um, so they're referring to what the, the noise level would be after the car exits. Yeah, I guess that would be attenuation. I, uh, I guess I, I just like clarification on what the word construction means. I think in this case, they're referring to the actual building, not construction of the building, but the building as constructed mm. and the walls would provide further, um, it, it would enclose the noise as Commissioner Sanderson said. And so it would reduce the amount of noise that escapes from the building. So, okay, it's, so it says attenuation that would be provided by car wash building construction. So it's the construction of the building itself that mitigates that noise. Yes. I mean, I, I would be interested in asking for environmental impact report, considering we're kind of going through the exercise of impacts, mitigations. So I would like to see that in a full report. Um, I would channel, challenge that vociferously. Um, and wholly, they've done all of the analysis and they've showed all of the analysis in this document. And they've showed that where there was some level of, of an impact, it was reduced to less than significant. And they quoted the conditions of approval in our permits that will implement that mitigation. So I don't see why you have nothing to gain by doing an environmental impact report except, you know, delaying it for a year. So they've already done the analysis. What more analysis can they do? They've calculated the impact at different locations. So I guess my question would be, what kind of impact analysis do you think we're missing? We're talking a lot about the city ordinance. There's also a few... Yeah. discrepancies I saw from the uh, the the staff report compared to some of the estimated 
um, thresholds here. For example, table six uh, of the appendix A, doors open, you know, estimated sound is 62 dBs for the nearest uh, adjacent property. Mm -hmm. And then you have to the rightmost column, applicable exterior noise limit is 61. So I know it's small, but that's one over the limit. Um, so, well, but they've, so you think there are discrepancies in their analysis? Is that where you're going with this? They did the analysis wrong? No, let me, let me find the piece about discrepancy. Um, okay. So discrepancy would be referring to, so that's Appendix A, staff report, page two of 16, findings of in conditions. Quote, noise levels of the vehicle wash drying assembly are predicted to be 50 decibels at the residential property line to the west. So um, I guess in the appendix so A, I'm seeing 62. The, the standards are set by numbers of hours. It's like if you listen to music at 90 dBA for 10 minutes, you're not going to damage your ears. If you listen to it for an hour, you will damage your ears. So, so they count how long the noise lasts when they set their standards. If you look in the noise ordinance, um, it's very precise. Uh, of what noise is allowed for how long, at what kind of location. The indoor noise standard is 45 dBA. So whenever you build an apartment building, you have to show that inside, no matter if it's got 60 or 70 dBA on traffic outdoor outside this building, you have to meet the 45 dBA inside. So they have to mitigate the noise inside so that it meets the indoor noise standard. So I would suggest that the consultant is a good consultant. Uh, I think they did good work. If there is a discrepancy between these, then what is approved is what's in the conditions of approval, which says meet the noise standard. And the noise standard is not ambiguous at all. It's a very precise ordinance. So I wouldn't want to hold up the project because there might be an inconsistency between the staff report, which is not the project, um, the initial study, the neg deck, and the plans, and the conditions or approval, and the findings, that's what is the legal document that, that binds this project. The staff report is an, is an effort to simplify it for us and provide the overview and you know give us a sense of what's going on and what's happening in the neighborhood. So I, I'm very comfortable. I, I mean I worked for years on the noise ordinance uh, and you know they have a tough job to do, uh, especially with nighttime. But in my opinion, they have done everything they could possibly do on this car wash to mitigate the noise. I, I can't think of anything else they could do other than closing it and not allowing cars to come in. And that would defeat the purpose. So I would uh, discourage you from requesting an environmental impact report. Any further discussion? Okay, board member Thompson. This is kind of a side note, but we just had a dishwasher installed at 50 decibels and it's pretty quiet. Um, also, um, 
it, it, I, I wonder if, and, and this is, I have no data to, to back this up, but what, what the neighbors actually, by having this structure there, would it reduce some of the gas station noise, the radios, mufflers, and all the other activity that's happening at a gas station, especially at night? Uh, would this be, it might be nicer depending on the construction and what it does. So if if it really is delivering 50 decibels at their place, it, it would be better to have that than not have that, yeah. um, especially at night. Thank you, Board Member Thompson. Any other discussion regarding the motion on the table? Okay, we have a motion and we have a second. Uh, could you please just let us know exactly what that is as written? That would be wonderful. Sure. Thank you. I have a motion from Commissioner Trigu and a second from Commissioner Sanderson to adopt the proposed initial study negative declaration for 2996 Telegraph and approve use permit CP 2020-0055 with an added condition that the applicant notify uh, the neighbors of a uh, contact information for a project liaison should they have any noise complaints. That is the motion on the table. Thank you, Secretary Garcia. Board Member Jagu. Sorry, I should have asked, but um, staff, can you just remind me, possibly others, when, like, na- neighbor notification, is that 300 feet? Uh, what is that? We do a 300-foot radius. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that's the motion, and and uh, with, with as amended, um, now let's take a vote. Okay. When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu. Aye. Chairperson Duffy. Aye. Vice Chairperson Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara. Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe. Yes. Commissioner O'Conn is recused. Commissioner Young. Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Motion passes. Okay. The motion passes pending. Uh, you will soon receive a notice of decision. There is a two-week appeal period after your notice of decision. If the product is not appealed, you will have your use permit. Thank you. That ends the action calendar. Just want to say I appreciate all the learning moments that happen here. They're very special. We have a lot of institutional knowledge here, and I'm very proud of it, and I'm proud to, to learn from all of you. Subcommittee reports. We've got Design Review Committee. All right. So, yes, we had a meeting last week. Uh, We had one project uh, for final design review, so it has come here already, uh, but it was on the consent calendar last time. Uh, 2480 Bancroft Way. uh, It's a KDA project. Um, If you guys kind of remember it, it's uh, it's basically this white band that wraps from um, the ground floor um, and wraps kind of around the building. So it's a white band that goes from the ground floor all the way to the um, roof deck. Uh, It also uses kind of three different color blues, uh, like blue plaster and this kind of like different um like gradation um and yeah they did a really nice job um and fixing it up uh it was already kind of nice for the initial design review but uh they did a nice job of kind of making sure that not just the north elevation was addressed and kind of really wrapped um the use of those three different colored plasters um all around the building um and we gave them some other good kind of advice on detailing and um it's a really nice project yeah lucky to have it 
And that was it. Okay, that's all. All right, that's it for design review committee. We've got staff communications. Any staff communications? No staff communications tonight. Well, I have communication to you, which is thank you for. Uh, we were we were concerned about some technical issues potentially happening, but between staff member Brian Garvey and Claudia Garcia, all of the work you did prior, thank you. And and the meeting has has gone without any technical any problem. So thank you so much for your attention to that. Um, with that, I would like to make a motion to adjourn. Second. Okay, let's vote. So I have a motion to adjourn the meeting um, by Com Chair Duffy and second was Commissioner Sanderson, is that correct? Correct. When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu? No, just kidding. <laughs> I. Chairperson Duffy? Yes. Vice Chairperson Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Lunapara? Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe? Yes. Commissioner Khan is recused. Commissioner Young? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson? Yes. Okay, we are adjourned at 8.12 p.m. Thank you everyone for all of your hard work. <laughs>